Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike as, as usual, and we're excited to be with you. I'm uh, going to dive into uh, something that's a bit of a kind of reverberation from the, the Sunday sermon. Um, and the title for the podcast, or something like it, is that uh, the people are the product. The people are the product, uh, which sounds like a funny thing to say, but um, if you if you asked, oh, what you know, you're in a business, uh, what do you do and what do you make? There's always a you know some kind of product or service offer. Well, what does the church make? And I think the answer to that, Mike, and we can explore this a little bit, but the answer is people. The church makes people. Jesus makes people. Um, transformed people is uh, the goal of ministry, the goal of the church, and so we just want to expand that a little bit on the podcast today. Talk about that, and then maybe explore um, what that conviction would would direct us to pursue in terms of things that we would focus on in the church, how we should approach ministry and, and those kind of things. So, Mike, let me just, the, the passage that I'm thinking about is 2 Corinthians 3, um, and I'll just read the, the verse, verse 2. Paul says to the church, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation mm-hmm. uh, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. So, he said, I, I don't need another re- letter of recommendation that confirms my ministry. It's yeah. you. Your life is that letter. So, Mike, let me just, maybe just a broad question to start. Um, what, what's Paul talking about here? In what sense is this true that the people ultimately yeah. are a letter of recommendation that would affirm the validity of someone's ministry? Yeah, this is awesome. I just taught this. This is perfect. I, I didn't know what we were doing today, and this is perfect. because I just taught this passage at Men of the Word yes. on September 29th. There you go. So yep. I, I opened up my notes really quick, okay? And so just, um, I love I love this passage. I love Second Corinthians as we're going through it. We went through it in our men's retreat, uh, but before that, we started in Men of the Word. So if you're if you're a man and you're in the area of Orange, California, come to Men of the Word Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. We get in the Word, and we're going through 2 Corinthians. Um, so verse 2 is really interesting. You yourselves are our letter. You take a step back, and he basically said, are we commending ourselves again? Like, do we need letters of recommendation? So there were people that were peddlers, you know, of themselves, and a pushy way of promoting their status, all that kind of stuff. And so Paul is kind of rhetorically asking this question, uh, expecting a negative. He's not commending himself. He's not needing a letter of recommendation. No, he says, they are his letter in Corinth. They are the results of his ministry written on their hearts by the Spirit of God, not stone tablets. So it's really interesting. He he sets the ministry of the Spirit in a positive contrast with another, right? The, 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 uh, the, The ministry of of uh, the condemnation that was uh, written on stones, okay? So the idea of uh, you're our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody, it's literally um, long-term sinners go under, undergo this like huge transformation of life in Christ. Like the gospel transforms your life. And the idea is, and you know, it's not I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, you know, I did this, I did that. He's saying God did this. So written on our hearts It calls to mind the promise of the new covenant where God would write his law on their hearts. So like God did it, you know, and it even says in verse three, you show that you are a letter from Christ. You're the result of our ministry. Uh, It's written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God. So uh, the the spirit did it uh, and it's not tablets of stones. It's it's human hearts. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea is what comes out of their life uh, is from the operation of the Holy Spirit uh, within their hearts, yeah, yeah. So then, maybe a follow-up question: How does that? How does that reality direct us in ministry? We would actually, 
really like the deepest part yeah. of, of who we are. Think about it's people, you know, yeah. that we're making here, not church structures, right, not, right. Um, you know, influence even in the broader church. Yeah. It's, it's people that matter. What does that end up kind of stirring up in a church when that conviction sinks down? Yeah, well, I, well, well first what it stirs up in my own heart is back away from the glory. Don't grab glory hmm. because what happens in a lot of ministry is people say, so-and-so discipled me, and they forget that Jesus is discipling them, yeah, okay? Yeah. That they're a disciple of Jesus and the following Jesus. And it just so happens that, what did Paul say? What are we? We're just, we're just servants through whom you believed. We're just, we're just clay vessels. You know, we're, we're broken, we're shattered, and, and, and we're weak, and yet God is strong. You know, in 2 Corinthians, it's so strong on that. Uh, when I'm weak, then I am strong. So it's like, I think I would, we back away and, and watch God do the work through his word, by his spirit, and realize that people are our focus. And again, we're not building monuments and we're not building uh, things, but we're also not building our own reputations. Right. I think that's what Paul was saying. Yeah. We're not building our own reputations. We're not building uh, something that could be like Connor or Mike. Uh, we did it. Because the house that Connor built is going to fall down. You know? down. But yeah. the house that God builds, again, this remarkable transformation of the hearts of people. And it's because it's been internalized. The law literally internalized in hearts made alive by the Spirit of the living God. So you got, that's why he says in verse 4, such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. So um, through Christ who had been crucified but had appeared you know, to Paul en route to Damascus. Paul has confidence toward God on the rightness of his ministry. And again, what does he say? Not that we are competent. Verse 5, to think that anything comes from ourselves, but our confidence, co competence comes from God. And so we're ministers of the new covenant, and we're pouring our hearts. You know, what's, what's, what's eternal? The word of God and people. And people, yeah. So you deal with that. Yeah. What do you think, have you seen, Mike, other... Focuses. That's probably not a word, but you know, fo foci. foci. Have, you, have you seen other um, goals become more primary for people in the church? Maybe outside of a pastoral setting, but just people who want to come be faithful. Mm -hmm. Are there kind of other pursuits that can become, yeah. you know, more primary? And what would that be? What could we look out for? I think first we have to look at home base and our own hearts and go. We 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 seek place for ourselves. We seek significance for ourselves. And we want to be known as the doer of the good thing. What Paul is basically backing away from over and over again is, I didn't make this happen. I didn't make this happen. God did. And we happen to be at the right time in the right place uh, to be used by Almighty God in this moment. And so I think what I noticed is there's this um, uh, reputation building will happen. And then we make our Christian stars. Hmm. And we look to people. And we kind of lean on people. Now, we need to be able to bear one another's burdens and all of that. But like Christ is the foundation, right? We're not building a foundation other than Christ. So we're building a foundation on Christ. Then we kind of forget about our own reputation building. Uh, we forget about kind of almost like giving man too much credit while still honoring everyone who helped us along the way, right? Mm -hmm. You honor uh, honor your leaders and, and, and be thankful and all of that. But I think what happens is um, in a church, it could be they want people want prominence, Right, uh, Paul warned against this. Hey, he wants to diatrophies. He wants to be first. Mm -hmm. hey, uh, I'm gonna warn you against that. Or keep your eye on those who cause divisions. Those are the things I think that people kind of go down in the weeds on, and they get all they just get all messed up about. Hmm. And then fellowship becomes protecting somebody's you know 
turf when it's like, whoa, whoa, this is God's, this is Christ's church. So I think it's personal first. Yes, churches sometimes get too worried about buildings and all and all of that, but it's like I find more it's the it's the reputation at the biggest churches, it's the reputation of the main leader mm-hmm. or it's or his group or uh, you know, is that making any sense? Right. Yeah, no, I know that, it is. I feel it like is. that the idol of self is what I think. Yeah. Paul is basically blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The idol of self and maybe the idol of ministry. Maybe, maybe ministry. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, not in that context. I think okay. in this context. I, again, I didn't get to hear the sermon. I was, I was gone. But uh, so, I, but now I, I did hear the one I did. Yeah. But I would say, I would say, uh, ministry as let's say put it in 2023, and we talk about ministry, you know, or 1980, we talk yeah. about ministry or 1990s, yeah. whatever. The way people do things. Maybe churches get, well, I, I, what I've always not liked is churches that like, you feel like you're on a conveyor belt and get stamped as you go by and you're, yeah. in, you're, a, you're a face, not a name. Uh-huh. Or does that make, how's it go? Uh-huh. Whatever it is, like you're nameless or you're faceless, whatever it is, like they don't really care about you. Yeah. They care about one more person giving, another giving unit or another whatever. And I think some people probably look at it as, and you're my next disciple. You know what mm. I mean? I don't sense that at Grace though. I don't sense those kind of, weirdnesses, but maybe I'm blind to it. You know, hmm. um, I don't sense it as much here in the sense that I, it's easier maybe to see it across the street. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. easier to see it in, in so. someone else. I mean, I don't know. Um, we don't have huge jets and, uh, and, uh, and, and huge fall. Like, my name is nowhere except on the website and amongst everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. we're not trying to make names like, uh, I would never want someone to say, do you go to Mike Shero's church? Hmm. Even though some people will be like, well, the guy's so prominent. This one guy is so prominent. It's, does, do you go to so-and-so's church? Yeah. And the last time, yeah, I, checked, last time I checked, it was Jesus's church. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was thinking, I, I wonder what you think about this. Let's say that somebody's moving from moving from Orange County. They're going to go somewhere else. And they're going to be you know, now in a situation of, oh, I've got to find a new church to connect with and to connect in and be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of the letter of recommendation aspect, Paul says, I don't need a letter of recommendation. <laughs> yes. What do you think of how uh, accessible it is for us now to figure out where a pastor went to seminary or, sure. you know, some of the kind of church connections or the, the mold that he might be cut in? Mm-hmm. Is that a valid thing to do to to assess that and weigh, okay, this yeah. guy was at such and such a place or he pastored with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I know that name. Yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah, you don't want to rest fully on it, but I think there's some quality control in, if you're talking about doctrinal purity, yeah. you're talking about you want to be at a church that's led by a true plurality of elders. I wouldn't tell anyone to go to any church where they don't have a membership that's identifiable, where they don't have a plurality of elders, where it's not just the senior pastor and his staff. I think that those kind of things can go danger, can go bad on you and can be dangerous. Not always, okay? Not always. I think the, I have said this many times over the years, but uh, with the right attitude and the right people, you can do almost any kind of church government mm-hmm. and it'll work because you're humble and you're, and mm-hmm. you're looking to Jesus. Yeah. I think I would, you know, it's interesting. I've written letters of recommendation to, for a couple of our elders that moved away. I said, I want your new church to know who you are hmm. from my perspective, from our perspective. And if you want to give it to them, great. If you don't, that's okay. But you know, it's, it's not easy to break into a church yeah. when you've been an elder somewhere else and you know, you're not going to be an elder at this church maybe ever or for quite some time. Yeah. And just so they know kind of who that is, you don't want to toot your own horn, but I want, I mm. want to do that. I think that's appropriate. I would say when you're looking for a church, 
be careful just saying, oh, they went to, you know, the master's seminary or they went to Southwest or whatever, Southeastern, or they went to, you know, Reformed and, and just kind of take that carte blanche mm-hmm. um, because not everyone who goes to a good seminary is a good pastor or elder or leader. So you have to be careful there. Right. But I would say in general, you want to see solid doctrine. If, if, if you're going to leave and go to another place, you don't want to just go to the flashiest place, to the place that that might not seem sincere. You want to go to people, go yep. to a group of people that are just doing what the scriptures instruct and, and have just enough organization to get things going in the right direction, but not so heavily promoted organization. Like, like we are really light on that at grace. I mean, we're not very organized. You know that we're very, and, and sometimes I'm almost like trying to push us up to a, a letter, a level just so we can at least be um, effective where some churches have a system that's plug and play that we just don't have anything of the sort here. So that's where I'd say, don't look, don't go too close. Don't go, don't go for the flashy lights. Hmm. Don't go too quick to the flashy don't lights. Go to the, the flashing light. The yeah. flashy lights and the, yeah. and the, and the, and the, uh, you know, the, the pop we're popular kind of church. Mm. Uh, those are the kind I just don't want. I won't stay there. Yeah. yeah. I, no, that makes sense. I'm thinking it just from what Paul said, it seems like at least from the perspective of the pastor, You'd want to be careful and not rest rest your confidence on the effectiveness of your ministry um, based on your either seminary connections or previous church background. Like it, it yeah. ultimately is, look at what God has done. Look what the Spirit of God has done in human hearts through yes. the Word as this come through my ministry. Oh, you know, absolutely. Um, which is like a no brainer, yes, slam dunk. But then, but then you scale it to each individual person, and you think, okay, let's say, just say somebody at Grace, you know, in considering each of our own usefulness to the Lord. Yeah. It's not, oh, I was a part of Grace Church of Orange, and this kind of church, not that kind of yeah, church. Yeah, that just go, I, that gives, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, or, or I was yeah. I taught the Bible in this way, like this Bible teacher, not like this. It, ultimately, it's yeah. how, how um, has the Spirit of God worked through the Word in, that you've brought, you know? Right. Um, or through, the, not just the, in a teaching setting, but in terms of your relationships with people. Has mm-hmm. God worked through your life to help others become like Christ. Yeah. I guess I would say, I just don't think about it. You know, like if you think, if you start thinking about what you were just describing, you're really messed up. You're in a bad spot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like if, if, if we, if our elders and our pastors thought that way, we would be making draft, drastically different decisions than we do today. Hmm. And I don't mean that to toot our horn. I'm saying like, I'm glad that we're not like dialed into, you know, I, I, there's churches that where they have the, the, the staff meeting is literally how many, how many, did, of this, that, and the other, do we get this week and, and to move to our goal of this many people and this mm-hmm, many this and this, mm-hmm. this many giving units and yeah. whatever it is. But it's like, if you're thinking about, if you're thinking that deep about what you just preached, besides Lord, do something in the hearts of the people, something's wrong, yeah, okay? Yeah, yep. So yeah, like we all with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the likeness with ever increasing glory. There's no time to think about uh, where I went to school and how I did what I did. That just is weird. Yeah. If someone's thinking that way, I would say you got to reassess what you're doing in life hmm. or in ministry. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. Makes sense. Like, I never give it a second thought yeah. where I went to school. Yeah. I just don't I- unless someone names it. I'm like, oh, but it's like you want to handle the word accurately. Now, again, if you're going to go find a church and the, and the pastor went to a liberal seminary, you better ask some questions hmm. because he might not be liberal. But he might be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and or, or maybe the, the seminary went bad after he left, you know, 
but or maybe he he went to the best seminary on earth, and the guy and is not gifted yeah, yeah. for ministry, yeah. and he's and he's proud, right? And he's arrogant. I mean, mm. just so again, but people have eyes and ears. You should be if you got the spirit of God in you, and you're praying diligently. You'll know if mm. the, if if you can rest in a certain place. That makes sense. Yeah, that does. That's helpful. Yeah. I don't know exactly the direction that I want to push, Mike. Is there anything that you're just in catching from the Second Corinthians passage? Anything that you say, yeah, let's 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 move towards this. I think we're coming well, close towards glory, the close. You know, it's, it just seems like this, you know, glory. You know, eternal glory is that is the theme. We've got an eternal glory T-shirt in the in the house right here in our in this room. That's right in our studio, yes. <laughs> which is my office. <laughs> um, and the glory is just permeating through this, but it's all about the glory. It's not about the people. It's not about the servant. And this, I think this is what Paul's getting at. It's like the freedom comes from the unveiled face because the spirit of the Lord has given, has given, has removed the veil and removed the blindness. And then it's, it's like I came across someone recently that, that truly got saved and I knew it. And it was like, I knew it before I knew it because I'd seen uh, evidence, but I didn't know until they told me. And I think if the real deal doesn't doesn't have to like uh, keep tell, hitting you in the head to tell you it's real. Hmm. You just kind of know if so. it's like mm-hmm. you know um, the difference between um, counterfeit money and real money. If you ever worked at a, if you ever just touched real money, you know when you don't when you when it's not real. Yeah. One time in my in my old neighborhood, I was walking around and doing my little exercise, and and I started finding these little bits of paper of this this torn hundred dollar bill, and I found enough to literally piece it all back together. And I took it to the bank, and they're like, "Yeah, this is fake." And the funny thing is, is I kind of knew it because the way it felt anyway. It, but it was a, it was a counterfeit, and it was funny because I literally had like probably ninety five percent of the bill all taped together and stuff. I just think you you know counterfeits, you know what's real. Paul was always getting hammered by his opponents, telling him he wasn't real or he was fake or he was trying to fleece them and get money from them and this that and the other. And it's like you know, uh, he's like. The, the Lord is the one who, who, who judges my heart and, and he knows my heart and, 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 and he's not saying he's perfect either. So I don't know. I love this passage. I think that it's really, really points us to the glory of God in Christ and the work of the spirit through the word. And, and then we're just, we're just, we're just, uh, instruments in the redeemer's hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, just in closing, um, I would just, I appreciate what you said. Only the word and people will be here forever, you know, mm-hmm. everything else is passing away. Um, so I should just encourage us to just be praying, well, how can I just impact people, you know, for Christ? I want, yeah. I want to help people uh, walk, walk with you and know you and, and live to the glory of Christ. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good place to end. Yeah. Anything yeah. else from you? I, I would just say when I meet with people, I meet with a lot of people, uh, my prayer is always, Lord, help me be a blessing to them. Help me point them to Christ. And then to bring in, how does the word of God you know, affect the situation we might be talking about. How's the gospel transform? And it's like, stay in that mode. We won't be thinking about our own reputation or what people think about us or kind of anything of the sort where it would kind of go to an unhealthy place that would kind of lead us then to make choices that are not healthy. Mm. So I, I don't know. I think staying humble and confessing your sins and being very aware, looking to yourself, you know, uh, and making sure, looking to yourself circumspectly, like when you're helping someone through a sin, you look, as, as Galatians 6 one says, look to yourself so you not be tempted because mm. you're, you're susceptible to the same type of things. So I don't know. I, I think a, a church needs to be humble and needs to be um, focused on people in the Word. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny. Christ and Scripture. 
Christ and scripture and people, yeah. people and what, what PPP, right? Yeah. Acts six, four, we will mm -hmm. devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word, obviously with people. Mm -hmm. So praying, preaching, peopling. Yep. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, you just remember, and this is exactly where Paul goes. I'm just a jar of clay, you know, great gospel, great Lord. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I just am thankful to get to play a part. Well, listeners, thanks so much for joining us. Hope that was an encouragement to you. And, and um, we're grateful that you uh, join us. So have a great rest of your day and week serving the Lord, walking with him. And we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you.